All right. Today on the podcast, we have Josh Lewis. He's a sports anchor and reporter for WCHS uh, Channel 8 here in the Charleston area of West Virginia. Uh, Josh and I have known each other for a couple of years. Really, really smart guy, an entrepreneur, and he'll talk about all that in this podcast. You will hear from Josh after a short word from our sponsor. All right, today we have Josh Lewis on the podcast. Welcome, Josh. Coach, thank you for having me, man. This is a, this is a pretty special honor. I'm pretty fired up to be here with you, Coach. <laughs> we first, what, met each other before the 2015 season, I think. Is that when we first connected? Right before you took that job at Riverside, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember you came down to the school, and I didn't know, like, any media members. I think you're the first guy I met. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're the new guy in town, and everybody wanted to wanted a piece of you. And you were kind enough to to take some time to speak with me, and I really appreciated that. That was cool of you, Coach. Yeah, um, and we've obviously stayed in touch since. I think you do a great job with high school football and, and sports in in the valley. It's uh, you you're just one of the best. I really I really believe that. Well, Coach, I really appreciate that um, from you. And and you know, as far as you know, a lot of times um, there. are uh, um, I feel like relationships are a big part of, um, of, of what, of what we do in the media. And, um, some coaches are, are easier to get along with, um, than others. And, and you've always been, I mean, the easiest to get along with. So, you know, that's, that's made our job very, very, uh, easy, um, and much easier and, and, you know, just been laid back and chill. And, and I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And you've been, you've been great to us. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that, Josh. So Josh, Give the listener a little background about yourself, kind of where you came from, what you do, wherever okay. you want to add in there. <clears throat> well, um, I'm from uh, Minnesota. Uh, I grew up in Minnesota for the most part. I lived in New Jersey uh, as well for what, about three and a half years growing up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I called Minnesota home, and I got a sports background, played, uh, you know, primarily football, um, played some baseball too, but, you know, wasn't very good at it. So football was kind of my, my main thing. Um, wasn't good enough to, uh, to, you know, make money at it like most of us aren't. So kind of thought to myself, well, what would be one of the next best things? And uh, I've always enjoyed writing. I've always enjoyed um, communicating with people. And so I decided uh, I was in 11th grade and I was sitting there watching the news with my mom one time. And I was like, man, that guy's got a really good job. That, that job is awesome. And it was a sports guy. He was just finishing up. My mom was like, a light bulb went off with her. I didn't even realize at the time. But a light bulb went off in my mom's head, and she said, "You know what? You'd be really good at that. You should. You should look into that." And um, before you know it, man, you know, here, you know, here we are. I uh, I worked in Bluefield for two years, um, before I got a job in Charleston in 2000. I don't even want to say, it, Coach. Do I have to say when I started in Charleston? No, you don't have, absolutely means, you don't. Well, I already I already let the cat out of the bag. I started in Bluefield in 2000, and then I worked. I started in Charleston in 2002. So basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm old, real, real old. <laughs> But I've been here for a while, and I never, I never, the first person, guess what, guess what the first person I ever met from, from West Virginia was, Coach? Uh, Randy Moss, I don't know. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Oh, geez. Yep, it was his second year in the, in the league, and I was working as a um, production assistant at uh, the CBS affiliate in Minneapolis, and we went out to Winter Park, which is where the Vikings had their uh, their practices, and uh, yeah, there's Randy Moss, and I, and I remember saying to somebody, man, that dude, man, Moss talks really funny, like, where's he from again? And, uh, oh, okay. West Virginia. And like, honestly, like, like it was like two months later, I was moving to Bluefield and, uh, yeah. So I'll never forget that the first person that, that at least knowingly that I met, kind of, I don't, if you even say met or been around was, uh, was Randy Moss, man. And, uh, 
he was a pretty good one to be around. Yeah, no doubt. So, like, did you go to college down here in West Virginia, or did you just make your way down here? I just made my way down here. I went to um, college in Minnesota, Brown, Brown College. Um, okay. And, you know, I sent, I sent tapes out all over the country. I mean, I'm talking, like, Alaska. Oh, um, Hawaii, Hawaii. I sent tapes everywhere. I had an offer in Grand Junction, Colorado, which is a tiny little market, right? Mm-hmm. And they wanted to pay me $14,000 a year. And I said, and they didn't want to fly me out there for an interview. They just said, you want the job or no? Um, if you don't want it, we got, you know, a bunch of other people who will take it for that money. And I said, well, give me a day to think about it. And I just, I ran some numbers and I, and I looked at my, I said, man, I'm going to be be like, not just below the poverty level, well below the poverty level. Yeah. And I said, man, you know, I, you know, thanks, but, but I just, I just can't do it. And, and, and it wasn't even the money, but it was, it was kind of the attitude that I got from them that they didn't really care. They're just like, well, take it or leave it. You know, we don't really, that was kind of a red flag to me. So time went by like three or four months went by and I, and I continued to send tapes out thinking that I'd have all these offers. I didn't get any more offers, man, until, um, it was like maybe September of that year. And, um, WVVA in Bluefield called me. And like, I was ready to just take the job no matter what, because I was mad at myself for not taking that job in Colorado, making 14 grand a year. And they offered me, they offered to, to pay half of my expenses to go out there for, new, for an interview. Okay. And then they, they offered, then they, they made me an offer of 18.5 for the first year of my contract. I was like, yo, I'm rich. I'm, <laughs> I just made $4,000 by, by sitting out for a couple of months. That was perfect. Great idea. Right. And I quickly realized that $18,000 a year was not rich, but it wasn't about the money. It was about the experience and kind of getting your feet wet. And um, it's funny. I actually just looked at a story. I came across a story that I did from 2002 last week. Um, I did a story on, on an official referee from, uh, from Princeton. His name's Mike Eads. He's now the head of the SEC officials. But he's been my guy ever since I lived in, in, in Princeton. We met at the fitness center there. And he's a big-time big time guy. And I, but I watched that story from 2002, and coaching was awful. It was terrible. It made me cringe. It made me wonder how in the world I got a job in TV in the first place. Oh, jeez, golly, I mean, oh, my gosh. So, like, you get into it, like, what is – what's the day – like, the daily life of, like, being a, a sports broadcaster? What does that look like day in and day out? Well, you know, a lot of it just depends on, you know, the time of the year and, you know, what's going on at that present time. You know, obviously, right now, it's everything's different right now. Um, so, right now, a lot of, a lot of what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is just game plan. I have to game plan um, and think – kind of outside the box on story ideas and, and things we can do because there really isn't a whole lot going on or there hasn't been, I should say, um, the last couple of months. Hopefully things are beginning to pick up. I mean, they are with preseason stuff until we're told otherwise. A lot of the high school preseason practices, you know, we're, we're going through and doing. Um, so uh, a lot of it will be, you know, texting you in the morning, um, trying to line up a story, trying to figure out when we're going to do what. Um, and then from there, it's just, you know, plan your work and, and work your plan. So, try to you know line these stories up and then doing a lot of times you know there's something going on earlier in the morning or whatever that we have to kind of you know get to um but sometimes um you know our days and start till 2 30 uh when we get to work and then it, and it goes to 11 30 uh, midnight it just kind of depends on the day and i you know whatever needs to be done we try to leave some flexibility to, to get it done my situation is a little bit different now because i have some other uh responsibilities so i have to kind of you know, play that game that a lot of uh, working adults had to play who are parents as well and, and, and doing that, that juggle. And I, I know you know all about that juggle too, Coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially with, you know, daycare is not fully open and schools not full, not maybe not opening to in-person. That's, that's something that it's going to be tough, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I've never uh, – I've been fortunate to where my, my child's never had to go to daycare. Um, and I've kind of worked out my schedule 
mm-hmm. so that I can, you know, prioritize that time, that time with, with my little boy. Um, but you're right. It, like when he was going to school, I, I found myself able to get a lot more stuff done, mm-hmm. um, you know, throughout the course of the day than, you know, now, now that he's home and, and selfishly speaking, I like, I like having him home. Um, I like, I like having him around, but I'm not as good of a teacher as his teachers are. His buttons to get back in school. Yeah. He's, he's getting he's getting dumber by the day hanging around me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh geez. I don't know about that, man. You're you're a pretty smart, smart dude now. Well, he but he's 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 uh, intelligence level, he's well beyond me. And I and I need someone that's smarter than me to, to help get him to where he needs to be. Right. Um so what's one of your favorite like stories that you've ever covered? So like, what's something that really sticks out in your mind? Like one that's like, man, that was really cool. All right. I got this. That's an easy one at the top of the list. Um, has to be, uh, 2010. All right. Elite eight. Let me set the stage for you. Okay. All right. The elite eight were in Syracuse, New York. It's West Virginia versus Kentucky Huggins versus Calipari. John wall, all these just DeMarcus Cousins for Kentucky, all these guys that, you know, UK's, you know, the, the top seed, no, no one can touch. They're untouchable. And the Mountaineers beat them in the Elite Eight, and oh, my gosh, they are going to the Final Four. And you know what that means, Coach? What's that? That means, that means, that means I'm going to the Final Four. There you go. As a, as a working media journalist, um, that was one of the most fun nights of my life just because – yeah, it was just—it was just something like you just didn't expect it. You couldn't see it coming. Um, it was basically the opposite of the 2007 Pitt game with West Virginia uh, and Pitt when, when the Mountaineers lost 13 to seven. That was—that was horrible because you, you thought you know West Virginia was going to the national championship. So it was basically like almost like the 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 opposite the on um, the polar uh, the polar opposite of of that night um, coming to fruition. And then that final that final four trip was just was just awesome. Of course, West Virginia they, they got bounced in the, in the semifinal game. But it was still an amazing, amazing experience. We already had our hotel. You have to pay for the hotel when you're in the media for the entire weekend. You had the passes, right? I didn't really have anything to come back for. So even though West Virginia lost, I had some friends that were with me, right, and, um, and, and a coworker with me. I was like, well, we could leave and go home and leave this hotel room that we, that's already paid for unattended and leave these passes that no one, no one to use them and then, you know, go home and for what? Or – we could stay for the rest of the weekend and hang out and, and enjoy Indianapolis and, and go to the national championship. Uh, sign me up for the national championship, sir. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. So that was that was a, that was a ton, a ton of fun. I would say that 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 little uh, that little you know two week two week run or whatever was just absolutely incredible. So what you're saying is, if West Virginia wins, everybody wins in the state of West Virginia. Is what you're saying, including the media members, man. Absolutely, you know we're yeah, supposed yeah. to be unbiased. We're supposed to be unbiased. Right. Supposed to, yeah. Supposed to. Not always the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's like the, you know, the the prize here. That's like the the thing that everybody follows. I feel like is West Virginia. Marshall somewhat, but West Virginia would be at the top, wouldn't you think? Well, I think so. Just because it's it's a it's a numbers thing, but you know, make no mistake, I I, I got nothing but love for the herd too, and um, and it's been you know fun to watch uh watch you know some of their their successes from the outside looking in too, mm-hmm. but you know. You know, when you're talking about a national championship opportunity, um, that's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to top that. I'd love to see Marshall get in that situation, also. You know, that'd be yeah. that'd be wonderful. be great. I'd be all for that. That's fantastic. For sure. So, talk about what's it like covering 
let's, let's, we'll transition. What's it like covering high school sports? So like, how was that different from covering, you know, college or pro sports? Um, how was, how was high school unique? You know, I love high school because of the, just there, the other stuff, it's just more pure. You know what I mean? There's not like, you get to D1 athletics and it's, it's clearly a business at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, coach, you're going out there and, you know, I know, I know that, that coaches are, are completely underpaid and they're doing it because they love it. You know what I mean? Right. And they care and they care about the kids. And I think that there's something to be said for that. So I, I really love the, 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 the pureness of it. Not that I don't, you know, really enjoy D1 or, or pro sports, but it, you know, at that point it's, it is, it is a business. Um, and, you know, I point to the, uh, you know, all the stuff that Kerry Martin's been going, going through in the last, you know, last couple of months, that's been, that's been kind of wild, but um, that's some of the, that's some of the stuff that, you know, we could all, I think we could all do without, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like people taking shots at kids that are in college, you know what I mean? That gets old. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we're talking about, we're talking about kids here. Like literally they are, they are kids still. Yeah. Think about when I was, uh, I think about when I was 16, 17, 18 years old and I wasn't mature enough to handle that stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was, I, you know, I could be a knucklehead at times and I know kids are going to do stupid stuff, but they're kids and, and let's, and, and they're not pro athletes. Let's, if they, if they fumble in a, in a crucial situation late in the game, they didn't mean to, they didn't try to fumble. They're doing, right. you know, they're doing, they're doing their very best. So you know, let's let's lay, let's lay off a little bit. Let's 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 spread positive vibes mm. and show everybody love versus trying to take others down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think y'all do a great job of that with the high school sports coverage. It's very positive. It's uplifting. You know, even if your team's not having a great year, you guys are always like looking at the positive. I really really appreciate that. Well, uh, I appreciate you all you recognizing that, and I, and I got to give credit um, from the top down, and that's and that's my guy Mark uh, Mark Martin. Um, he sets the tone and, uh, you know, he's been, he's been a big brother to me and, and he's really kind of, he's been, uh, he, he's been a guy that I've really looked to and he's, he's helped me in, you know, in that regard for sure. Cause he's, he's very positive. Doesn't want to talk about any negative stuff at all ever. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning that I'm the same way. Yeah. That's awesome, Josh. So Josh, yeah. talk about your other job. You have, you own like a, a gym. So you're a man of many talents. So talk about that a little bit as well. Cause you also do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, clearly, I didn't know what I was getting into when I, when, I, when I started this, but I didn't really mean to. I kind of stumbled into it. Um, fitness has always been a big thing to me. It's always been really, really important. I love the way, uh, you know, just being active makes me feel. I love, I love uh, the feeling that I get after I'm done with a really, really hard workout. Um, I, love, I love when you – the more you put into something, the more you get out. And I love seeing those tangible, you know, results, you know, and just, just, the, just the feeling, the, the self-gratification that comes with it. So – you know, um, I was uh, I was a younger dude, and I was and I was around here, and, and I and I and I, I didn't have any children. I didn't have, uh, had a girlfriend. I didn't really have. I had some extra time in my hands. I thought, well, you know, let's let's do something productive with this time. You know, what what could we do? And I thought, you know what, yeah, I really enjoy um, working out. Like maybe I could help somebody. Maybe I could, maybe I could help. And I like helping others. And I and I like I like when the light bulb goes off. And uh, so I, I talked to I talked to some of the people that worked at the Y, um, some of the bosses at the YMCA in Charleston, and uh, I had really good relationships with them because I worked out there, um, you know, with with one of the trainers there, and 
and uh, and said, hey, you know, if I took some steps to, to get certified, do you think that, you know, would you guys let me, you know, do some training up here and stuff like that? I'm not, I'm not in it to make money. I'm just in it just for something to do for a hobby. And uh, they said, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I went through the process. I got, I got certified, and, I, and, I, and it wasn't about money. I, I thought to myself, well, any money that I make, I'm just going to, you know, buy some workout clothes with. And, uh, you know, because I like workout clothes. And, it's just, you know, again, it's not about the money. So I started doing it. And um, before you know it, I had, like, like, a closet full of workout clothes and drawers stuffed with workout clothes. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I was like, well, I, I think I'm good on workout clothes now. Now what? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I well, this is actually turning into something here. I didn't really expect this. And then um, a guy by the name of Mike Switzer. Mike's my guy. Love Mike. You might know his son. His son's name's Ryan. Mm-hmm. Ryan's a pretty good football player. Um, well, this was back when Ryan was in ninth grade at GW. And Mike was in, you know, Mike was in with everybody at GW. And, and, um, and you know, Mike approached Coach, Coach Edwards up there and, and, and asked if, if he'd be interested in having, you know, me um, take a two-week period in the summer and work with his football team. Um, with some strength and conditioning stuff completely mm. separate from tv you know i knew those guys from from tv or whatever but this is completely different and and uh so they did and i took two weeks right before the season and went through some conditioning stuff and it went really well like i think they really um they really saw some um some of the benefits uh from it because i busted some butts over there with those guys right and that was ryan's what was that ryan's sophomore year i think it was ryan's sophomore year um, they had a good year. And then of course they, you know, they went on to have even, even more, well, after that two week trial period, they liked, they liked it so much. They wanted to keep me around for a while. Hmm. And so they kept me around and they're, and you know, they were, they're paying me, um, and they're paying me pretty good money. So I was like, this is pretty sweet. Not a bad gig. Yeah, sure. They gave, they gave me a key to their facility and they said, well, if you want to train some of your clients up here, you can do that too. And right. I thought, well, that's awesome. I lived like less than a mile from the high school. And so it was just a perfect situation. So then I, I got the idea to start teaching some early morning classes when nobody else was around there. Okay. And so now I've got, I've got a facility that I'm paying no overhead for. And I've got people who are still paying, you know, the, the regular amount of money. So I started making some serious money doing this. And it was, it was pretty awesome. I, was, yeah. I, I just kind of fell into my lap. But I also knew that, you know, if something seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And at some point, it probably will go away. Because anytime you start – you're doing stuff like that and it's on a school property and this and that right it's going to be wrong it's gonna it's gonna you know rub some people the wrong way and sure enough a couple years later um you know i was told that i had to stop doing that i couldn't do it this and that but now i have a child at this point all right and i was able to bring my child with me to gw and it was cool it was fun and i could teach classes with him there that sort of stuff well now i can't go there i can't take my kid to the while i'm training people can't take him anywhere else and I want to have that time with him. I don't want to sacrifice that time with him to go to a job and then go to another job and never see my kid. Right. So I thought, well, what, what am I going to do? And I had to get creative. And I thought, I guess I'm going to try and open up, open up my own place, just a little, a little spot where I can just do some classes. And I rented this building and had a small, small little apartment on top of the building. And so I would, and so we had a house, but we would basically stay at this, at this, at this place all the time, in a small little apartment. I teach classes and I'd be around my kid all the time. Well, then before you know it, uh, I had another opportunity falling in my lap right across the street from the TV station. There's this warehouse that's been for sale, that had been for sale since 2010. Oh, geez. This was 2000, 2018 at the time. Um, and I decided to buy it. So I bought this building and it's huge. And I put a huge hot department upstairs. I got my gym downstairs. And my work is literally 110 steps across the parking lot. 
So it's, um, it's, it's been kind of a crazy little situation. It's a really nice facility. It's um, completely renovated. It's, uh, I'm really proud of it. It's not, as, it's not as big as, you know, other gyms and stuff, but for what we're trying to do for, for you know, our goals and whatnot, it works out pretty well. And I, and I have to say, it, none of this happens if I don't have awesome, awesome people um, in my life. And I'm just really, really grateful for everybody that's been um, a part of this, from, from clients who've been helping, who helped me move from one building to the other, to um, some of my trainers who've, who've been just amazing. Really, really blessed and really fortunate and just thankful for all the people that um, I've, I've met through this walk of life. I realize now that um, when I got into this, I thought it was about, you know, working out, being around workouts and stuff like that. And that's it, a big part of it. But the best part of it has been the relationships that I've made with so many people through this health and fitness thing. You know, we have this one thing in common and it, and it helps us all bond together. And I'm just really, really appreciative of all those people and just all the friendships that I've made that will, that will last for a lifetime. That's awesome. And we definitely need that in this state. West Virginia is in dire need of some health and fitness for sure. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. And I, and I feel like what, what's really gratifying is when you take somebody who, who doesn't really know much about it and mm -hmm. you, and you kind of like, you kind of like whet their appetite and you get them excited about health and fitness. And then what do those people do? Those people then branch out and then they, they, they go to others and they try to, you know, they try to, you know, get others into it, you know, whether it be their family and friends or, or strangers. And that's kind of cool to see like that little tree, like, you know, they talk about coaching yeah. trees and stuff like that, but you start to get these little trees branching off. And to me, that's, that's, that's pretty cool as well. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Josh, as we, we land this plane, talk about how, do, how does one become an entrepreneur like yourself? Like what are some steps people can take to have the kind of success that you have, you've had and are having? Just desire. You got, you got to want to do it. You know what I mean? Cause it's not going to happen. You know, you have to, you have to go out and make it happen. Um, you know, I, I talk to my, my, my six-year-old all the time about being a go-getter. You know, everybody, you know, a lot of people just want to sit around and, and wait for, for good things to happen. That doesn't, that doesn't very often happen. Um, you know, Prince has a song, Pop Life. You know, what's the matter? Did the mailman, you know, leave your million dollar check in somebody else's box? It's like, dude, the mailman is not dropping off a million dollar check anytime soon in my mailbox. So what do I have to do? I have to go out and I have to, I have to make it happen. And, you know, it's not always easy. A lot of, most of the time it's not easy. It's tough and it, it can be stressful. And especially right now in these times right now, I mean, it is, it's, it's scary. It's scary. But as you well know, as a football coach, what can you control? All right. You, you can't control. I can't come up with a vaccine for the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to think about what, what can I control on a day-to-day -day basis to, as a, as a, as a wise old coach once, once told me, win the day. How That's it right there. The, how can I win the day, coach? Coach, how can I win the day? Just win you know the day, mean? baby. If I can make a coronavirus uh, vaccine, that would be winning the day for sure. But I don't think I can do that. I'm pretty sure I'm not, I'm not uh, up to that ability. So what can I do? I can make sure that my gym is clean. I can make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of my body so that I can be a, the best trainer that I can be. Uh, I can be a, a better, a better dad. I can be a better, um, a better son, a better worker, all that sort of stuff. So I think just the want and desire and um, just, just an attitude of it's going to, I got to make it happen. It's going to happen. And nothing else is you have to, if you want to do something, you have to believe you can do it. You know, I tell my kid all the time. And if you ask him, he'll say, I'll say, ready. <clears throat> do you think you can do, can, do you think you can do that? Do you think you can jump off the elf, off the, off the bar right there? And do you think you can <laughs> stick that landing? And you know what he'll say, coach? He'll say, daddy, I don't think I can do it. 
Mm. I know, I know I can do it. There you go. And I feel like that's, that's, that's a big, you have to believe in yourself, you know, yeah. speak it into, into existence. There you go. Josh, that's awesome. Man. I appreciate you coming on. This is, this is fantastic. And it's cool to interview you instead of you interviewing me. This is awesome. You know, it's, it's different. I'm, I'm blabbing a lot. So I, I apologize, but uh, you know, I'm always, I'm always telling people I'd rather have you talk too much than not enough. So I guess I'm following my, my own advice there. I love it. You were great. And thank you for coming on, Josh. I really appreciate it. Coach, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. And, uh, and, and we'll talk soon. I hope we have, I hope, I hope I get to come see you uh, on the football field this year because you got four wins last year, three wins before that. We got to get like six or seven this year, at least. That, right. That is a good plan. I like that plan. Coach. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Josh. Yes. Thank you.